1: Hello, I hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Coming up, we've got news on a case at the High Court involving the use of a former Kent Army barracks to house asylum seekers and the phenomenon taking the art world by storm. But first, I hope you don't mind, we're going to flip the podcast on its head today and start with sport, because April the 14th marks 100 days until the Olympics get underway in Tokyo. The Games were postponed last summer because of coronavirus and will still be very different this year with no one from overseas able to go and watch well we've been catching up with some of the kent athletes who are hoping to be there or indeed have already confirmed their place first up is race walker tom bosworth from Sevenoaks. he's among those who have already qualified and i started by asking him how he was feeling with the countdown well underway
3: i'm training really hard at the moment so um i'm doing a lot of Uh, training in the heat chamber up at Leeds Beckett University Um, because we we have got options to travel but it's very difficult and we're hoping to get some races in in Europe and and so getting anywhere hot or or high altitude right now is is tricky because of of travel so we've opted to stay at home to try and do as much work as possible so it's relatively business as usual
1: How's lockdown been though? It must have been obviously really disappointing as it was for everyone that the games couldn't go ahead last year. How do you kind of refocus and, and get your head around that?
3: Yeah, I mean, for me I didn't I didn't over panic really. I I just kind of uh enjoyed what I could of, of, of last year, you know, for the last 10 years, I've spent most of my life away all summer and, uh, you know, uh, traveling the world, which isn't a bad, bad job to have. But, um, yeah, it was, it's like an opportunity to just enjoy myself and, and spend time with my dog, my fiance gardening, you know, just being a bit of a normal person, which has been really, really lovely. So, um, yeah, it, it, I tried to not think about what was coming because I don't think anybody knew really where we were going or what, what we were about to experience and for how long. So I, I just tried to begin winter training in October time last year as normal as possible and try and create as normal a season and build up to an Olympic Games as possible in, in the circumstances.
1: Now you, unlike some other athletes, seem to be in a very lovely position—that you've got your letter confirming that you have got your place at Tokyo. Others haven't qualified yet; they're still going through that stage. What's it like when you receive that letter? I read it; it gave me goosebumps. I mean, and I'm not an athlete. I mean, what is it like when you open that envelope and you know you're going?
3: Yeah, it's 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 really special because, it, you. I think there's different points in in your career. For me five years ago qualifying for Rio was a huge achievement and relief and sort of a milestone Uh, and and you're kind of reminded that a little bit even though when when it becomes a bit more expected I guess and you know it was expected of me to qualify and make the Olympic Games but it's a reminder that this is a huge huge achievement just just making the the games and and you know only a handful of people can win medals but there's there's hundreds of Olympians, and, and that really needs to be celebrated. And, and that's why I kind of uh, put, put that letter on, on social media to show people as well, like, how fantastic Team GB are at congratulating you and celebrating your achievement because they recognise that. And that's why I'm uh, looking forward to the Games despite uh, the world we, leave, we live in right now because I know Team GB will make a big deal out of each and every Olympian.
1: Yeah, it's obviously not going to be quite the same. You're not going to be able to have people travelling to see you. Have you thought much about that yet? Or do you kind of blank that side of it out anyway when you're competing?
3: Yeah, you, you do. You do blank all of that out. Um, whether you're travelling to uh, you, you know, a country that uh, it might be, you, you know, plenty of places where you can't drink the water, you, can't, you, know, you might have to source the right foods and that sort of thing, it might be really dramatically different from home you just focus on what you can control in those circumstances. It's the same with whether you're trying to train or you've got an injury and you're rehabbing and you're being proactive in the decisions you're making. This is just an extreme version of that, I guess. You know, there is nothing we can do about it. We'll have to follow, follow the rules, get the COVID tests, but it just becomes part of the process to, to hopefully having a successful race. Um, I'm really disappointed, obviously, my family won't be there. We had such a great time in Rio. Um, and the race was really, really special. And, I'm, you know, you don't know how many Olympics you get. You might only get one. And, and I feel for anybody who this is their first and maybe their only Games and can't celebrate with their family. But at the same time, all, all, everyone's family and friends will want them to be there and, and, and to, to go and achieve whatever they can. Uh, and we'll be celebrating
1: from home. Kate French from Mepham is hoping to qualify in the modern pentathlon. She's been speaking to Ish.
4: Days, it's really exciting. Um, it's going really fast now. Um, and yeah, our competitions are underway again, which is really, really exciting. It's been a long wait. Um, but yeah, preparations are going well. It was obviously a really long training block, um, a long training block in England as well, because normally we, we try and go away a bit. Um, but things are going well, and yeah, I, I started well with the first two competitions, so I was really, really pleased. Um and now I've got a bit of a rest and yeah, preparation to start again for the next competition in I think um three or four weeks' time.
0: And of course we're talking about a delayed Olympics. How disruptive has this past year been for you?
4: Um yeah, it's it's not been the usual um year building to the Olympics. Um it was yeah, it, there's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Um, but as a a squad I think we've really pulled together um since we've been allowed back to train um, and really helped each other along especially when one of us is down like it's quite nice that we've been able to train together in a bubble um yeah I yeah I think that's really helped
0: you mentioned there a lot about um I guess your, your fellow athletes is it is it has it been that group um still being able to still interact with them that's really helped you get back into a groove perhaps during your training whilst it's been so disruptive?
4: Yeah yeah definitely um it was really hard yeah not being able to train and being at home um for so long and I think we're very fortunate that that um a small group of us were able to train together um because yeah when when you don't have any competitions or anything to train for um when you when you're buying by yourself it's even harder so being able to train with someone else, you've got someone to push you and keep you motivated as well. So it's definitely, definitely good.
0: And of course, you'll be hoping to compete in the modern pentathlon. What would it mean to you to to be out there competing at the Olympics?
4: It would just be another dream come true. Um Rio was absolutely amazing to compete there. Um and I'd love to have another shot at winning winning a Olympic medal would be, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, amazing. <laughs>
0: Um, obviously, you know, um, ongoing pandemic situation that they've said that there will be no spectators and obviously there will be uh, mm-hmm. various safety measures in place, extra testing for athletes. Does that take away some of the gloss of competing at the Olympics for you?
4: Um, I, I don't think so. Um, the Olympics is the pinnacle of the sporting competition, so it, it, it will never take away that um coming away with a gold uh, olympic medal is still is still going to be the same um it is it is a shame about spectators um I think one of my highlights from from Rio was having my friends and family there supporting me um and seeing them in the crowd was absolutely incredible and being able to see them after I finished um yeah it was it was really really special but I think for I think a lot of people would sac- uh, well, are sacrificing that for the Olympics to go ahead. So I think, yeah, people, yeah, I can, I can cope with that.
1: And finally, Gravesend-based boxer Chivon Clark has one chance to qualify for his first ever games. As you
2: you may know, the um, boxing road to Tokyo was originally being held in London, which would have been the first event we've had in the boxing cycle in England. Uh, since I've been on the team. But, you know, that's because of COVID and um, safety, we've had to um, scrap that. And now there's only one opportunity to uh, qualify.
1: Does that put extra pressure on them, presumably? And the fact that you're not going to be in London as well, I guess um, a a bit of extra pressure from from both sides because of that.
2: I know it would have been great. Um, I was really looking forward to, me and the team were really looking forward to performing in front of, our nation, you know, in the capital, and me being from London, um, can it, you know performing in front of our friends and and stuff. But that's not going to happen now, and um, we just have to get on with it. I don't think it adds more pressure. Um, I think we're we're used to it now. We just get on, and we're we're in the best. We're in the best. We're sorry. We prepare the best we can. So you know, we we are some of the best athletes in the world, and we'll just go out there and perform. Um,
1: you've competed at the European Games and the Commonwealths. How big a deal would it be for you to go to the Olympics? I mean, that is, that's the ultimate, isn't it?
2: I've never been to an Olympics before. Um, the European Games was amazing, and the Commonwealth Games. Wow. But the boys that have been to the Olympics have told me it's. On another level, so it will be not only history in my family, um, it will just be life changing.
1: Um, obviously, it's been delayed by an entire year. Has that benefited you at all? Are you feeling in in pretty good shape ahead of the qualifying?
2: The delay has caused a little bit of upset in the the athletic world, but you know, it's, it's for safety reasons, so I think. For some athletes who have prepared and have peaked, um, who needed to peak at the right time, it would have affected them and, you know, you have to take age and age as a part of it. But for myself, um, no, I don't think so. I think, um, if anything, it's helped me sharpen the tools and add a little bit more to my artillery.
1: And what would it mean to the rest of the guys at Gravesham for you, for you to make it? I'm, I'm assuming you haven't been able to catch up with, with many of them over the past year or so.
2: No, it's been a little bit, um, you know, just like for everybody else. Um, we haven't been able to see each other, um, just on maybe Zoom calls, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, I think, you know, um, my friends and the coaches will be over the moon for for me to um, achieve a medal in in Tokyo.
1: How important is it for you not only to represent Team GB but to be representing your home county of Kent as well?
2: You know, um I'm not sure how many athletes from Kent have been to um an Olympics. Um but it it would be great. <laughs> it would be great to put my name on on that roster somewhere, you know, it'd be great. And um, you know, doing my family pride and um, making history being the first um, Gravesham Olympic boxer.
1: For the Games in Tokyo will start on Friday, July the 23rd and end on Sunday, August the 8th. More than 11,000 athletes are due to compete in over 30 sports with 206 nations expected to attend. We will bring you more on the Kent athletes who will be joining them as the countdown continues.
0: Kent Online News.
1: Other top stories today and a man who stabbed a stranger after turning up at their home in Stroot has been jailed for seven and a half years. 34-year-old Tommy Powell from Ansell Avenue in Chatham lashed out when he was asked what he was doing at the property in June last year. Police have described the assault as savage. It left the victim with a chest wound. The High Courts heard claims that housing asylum seekers at Napier Barracks in Folkestone was a breach of their human rights. Six former residents are taking legal action against the Home Office and their lawyers say the site is unsafe and entirely unsuitable. Almost 200 men caught coronavirus during an outbreak at the barracks earlier this year, but the government insists they haven't broken the law. The hearing's due to last until tomorrow afternoon, and it's expected the judge's ruling will be reserved to a later date. Three men have been arrested after police found drugs, a stolen vehicle and an illegal bar on the Medway City estate. A number of workers and two young children are said to have been discovered living in unsuitable conditions following raids on three metal businesses in Strood. Nine warnings have been issued to the businesses and the suspects released while inquiries continue. At Kent Online today, you can see pictures of rubbish that's been dumped near a brand new park in Canterbury. The 11 acre legacy park has been created at the former Howe Barracks to provide a natural space for people and wildlife. The fly tipping has been branded a disgrace. The land is actually owned by a local authority in London and they say they're taking steps to deal with it. Walk-in appointments at Medway's Mass Coronavirus Vaccination Centre have been cancelled at the last minute. Anyone aged over 50 was invited to turn up to the Pentagon in Chatham and wait in line to get their first jab today or tomorrow. That offer's now been withdrawn. We're told all the slots have been taken up by over 45, who are now able to book through the NHS website. The Kent Online Podcast with
0: Serenity Parks
1: next today and it's the phenomenon taking the art world by storm but would you pay thousands for something like a tweet or a meme well art experts in kent have been having their say on nfts they're tokens that prove digital files are unique and are being snapped up for silly money the founder of twitter just auctioned off his first ever tweet for more than two million pounds first up we've been chatting to miles corley who is a gallery director from deal
5: not my area of speciality, but um, they could be um, amazing investments, really. If the history of things are changing, then like the first tweet that was bought the other day, it will be interesting to see how that uh, accumulates in value. And I'd be fairly confident to say it would be. People are buying ideas, but artists have always, or many of them have worked with artists. I mean, Carl Andre, great American sculptor, most famously did a pile of bricks, three by three by three by three standard bricks on the floor i don't know how much it's worth now many millions of pounds it's a it's a piece of you know art history but it's still an idea you know you the actual person who's bought that they, they are they're not just buying bricks on the floor which is of course what it is in material terms but it's an idea it's a it's a part of his life you could even bring it quite more modern into tracy emin and her bed in the 90s you're not just buying a bed so i think what the nft thing is possibly coining into or or what it's developing is uh is this idea of people owning ideas and whether it's cyber or or a real thing i um i don't know if that matters to the person if you're in the financial position to afford to do that throughout history just art history the idea of owning the the real thing is a huge thrill to know you're owning a part of someone's creative process, you know, even if it's a meme you're buying, that, that, that memes will in time have their own little footnote in, in art history. And a meme is a, is a cyber thing and, and people would want to own the original, whichever one it was. But at the end of the day, and I, I hate to use a cliche, you can't hang an NFT above your fireplace and you can't sit and and share that with your family and and friends and and have a real piece of um, artistic response from someone from whatever period and invite something into your home that sits with you from Christmases to birthdays um, and is a part of your life, that is something which you can't buy online in a cyber form. To me, I don't think it's... It doesn't feel real. It's not a tangible thing. Um, so, I, I, I mean, it's c- certainly from a, from, a, from a business point of view, from an art point of view,
6: I wouldn't, I wouldn't go there.
1: Rudolf Kermers is a photographer based in Canterbury. He's also been telling the Kent Online podcast what he thinks.
6: You had the advent of digital cameras, um, and then uh, with the advent of uh, the internet uh, and digital sharing, suddenly everybody could share photos. And they were no longer prized objects made in dark rooms or by specialty labs. Pretty much anybody, literally anybody can, can make photos and does make photos. And that created a bit of a conundrum uh, for photography as um, uh, when it comes to the photography art scene. Um, it it kind of devalued it in the eyes of a lot of customers because if everybody can make a photo and if there are so many of it, what's special about it? So that made, it's harder to 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 earn anything as a uh, an art photographer. But the other one is uh, that um, uh, copies of work could just spread throughout the internet with no effort whatsoever. And what NFTs do is um, they make it possible for the for the photographer to say this is an original, but is the digital equivalent of when I send you a print, I can sign it and send it to you. Now, you have that object, and if if you think about it, it's kind of weird. It's just a print. I didn't make it in the darkroom, and you can just photocopy it or or use a more advanced method. You can scan it with a high-end scanner, uh, including with my um, uh, signature on it, and then what's the difference? They pretty much look the same, right? The only reason why it's worth something is I, as the author of the piece, have authenticated it formally, and that's an amazing new thing that can now happen with digital media, which couldn't really happen before. So now I can say, well, I'm going to print digitally a photo. Uh, I'm going to make an edition of one. I can make an, uh, a, a, a printing of 10, uh, uh, 10 out of 10, but that's, that's fine as well. NFTs leave that up to the author or even infinite. Um, but let's say for the sake of argument, uh, it's one. Um, and putting it up as an uh, NFT, putting it on the blockchain, uh, makes sure that its origin, its provenance, is recorded, and then you and me, we can agree and prove ownership and sale. So now you have uh, basically the equivalent of an original artwork, just in digital, in a digital shape. It's unstoppable now. Um, this is not a fad. It's it's only just beginning and it's going to get everywhere.
1: But embarrassing this one for a driver, a car has been left trapped in mid-air after getting stuck on an anti-terror bollard in Canterbury city centre. The driver had tried to follow another vehicle which had permission to enter the area in Burgate, but the barriers rose up while they were going over them. You can see a picture at Kent Online. The car has now been freed and we're told it wasn't badly damaged. 19 pet mice have been found abandoned in a box at a well-known fly-tipping spot in May Stone. They were dumped in an area of woodland at the junction between Boxley Road and Sandy Lane. A dog walker found them and called the RSPCA, who are now looking after the animals. A popular paddling pool could start charging £2 per child, despite being free for decades. A new lease has been agreed with the company that manages Woolmer Paddling Pool on the seafront. Some have criticised the idea, saying it'll make it too expensive for poorer families to have a day out. You can let us know what you think by voting in our poll today at Kent Online. Data seen by the podcast has revealed who in Kent is paying the most for their garden waste to be collected. The cost of a brown bin and annual charge in Dartford is the highest at £90, while in Midway it's all completely free. You can find out the prices for where you live and leave a comment on the story on the website. And a Kent secondary school's planning to ditch classrooms, which bosses say reach intolerably high temperatures of which I believe a sweltering 38 degrees. Ursuline College in Westgate wants to replace the existing ICT suites in the dilapidated St Cecilia building with a block of three cooler rooms. Each would hold 35 pupils, and a storage building would also be knocked down to make way for the modern
2: block. Kent Online Sport.
1: One final bit of sport today in football. Gillingham have slipped a bit further away from the League One playoff places after some of their rivals were in action last night. The Jills are still tenth in the. The table but are now six points off the top six. They're travelling to Oxford United at the weekend with just five games off the season to go. Well that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. You can also subscribe to the IM News app which will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk.
2: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online
6: Podcast.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Kingsdown Meadow, located in beautiful Kent countryside. New homes available. Search Serenity Parks.